Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. I can't imagine what it's like in Dallas today. I mean, that, that, that city, metaphorically speaking, has to be in flames with what happened uh, yesterday. The Cowboys absolutely having their season torched to the ground, getting their doors blown off from day one. And, Joe, that was the classic. I have always described it this way, the long goodbye. If you're a fan, you are sitting there, you are watching your team uh, get blown out in the game early, and you have to sit there for the next three and a half hours and watch every second of it and feign that you have some sort of hope in the game for them to come back when you know that no hope exists. What do you think the odds were before the season started that the Houston Texans would win more playoff games than the Dallas Cowboys this year? Oh, my God. Because if you're in Dallas today, all you have to do is look around the rest of the state. Like, Houston is thriving. They love the head coach. They love the quarterback. They won the division. They took out the Browns in extraordinary fashion. Defense plays huge. Offense plays huge. It's an exciting game. The stadium's rocking, and now they're probably going to Baltimore next week, assuming, assuming it could be a big assumption that the Buffalo Bills beat the Steelers today as 10-point favorites. Meanwhile, here's the Cowboys, who are supposed to be contending for Super Bowls, ending their year with the exact same amount of playoff wins as the Carolina Panthers. The Dallas Cowboys were not prepared to play football yesterday, and it's amazing to say that when it comes to to a team that was in the postseason, that was the number two seed overall, that had legitimate Super Bowl aspirations, and it wasn't laying an egg. It was not showing up. It was not even that. It was being remarkably unprepared for a football game. And that falls on everyone. It falls on a couple of guys in particular, though, that really deserve a ton of criticism for what happened, and it starts with the head coach. Because this is this is this is vintage Mike McCarthy. You t- and to your credit, I think you tweeted it at seven nothing yesterday. This will be Mike McCarthy's magnum opus. Oh yeah. yeah! As soon as you watched a seven and a half minute drive by the Packers to start the game that resulted in a touchdown with with compliments of Dallas Cowboys penalties, multiple penalties on that drive, you realize, oh man, McCarthy's a seven and a half point favorite at home in the wild card round. He is the two seed. He is going to blow this game to the youngest roster in the NFL with virtually no playoff experience simply because the coach on the other sideline is that much better than him. That was his magnum opus yesterday. He has, I don't think he's ever blown one better than that. Like the one where they mismanaged the clock at the end of the game against the Niners a couple years ago. Okay, it's still the Niners. And then the one against the Niners where they went toe-to-toe in Santa Clara and the Niners ended up winning, but they had that great play at the end of the game where Ezekiel Elliott took the snap with no protection and then just got drilled. (laughs) Like those were games where it's okay you lose because you're playing a good team. This was one that's completely inexcusable. That was Mike McCarthy's magnum opus. It was amazing to see that level. Zeke was the center. I'm sorry. I'm getting the tip. Zeke was the center on that play? Zeke was the center. Yeah. His last play as a Dallas. were surprised at that result. His last play as a Dallas Cowboy, he was snapping the football. (laughs) 
And now this. To see that yesterday, I, I couldn't get over just how poorly prepared they were. And then Dak Prescott, the, the, the questions are very real, and I feel deceived. I feel confused. I feel like I have been victim of a fan Ponzi scheme, so to speak. <laughs> Not even a fan. Just all season long, I'm watching this guy, and he looks terrific. He looks like he is answering the bell after a couple of years of disappointment. They make the change to Mike McCarthy as the offensive coordinator, and now uh, Dak Prescott has stated his case that he will be the man. And he goes out in the first half, and he throws two interceptions, leading to 14 points, one of which is a pick six at the end of the half that essentially ended the game if it was not already dead in the water. Those questions about Dak Prescott, we have to start acknowledging that we have the answer already, and the answer is no. See, I I disagree. I, I see where you're coming from. We have a long history of him losing these games and playing poorly. I, I thought he was very good this year, and while he made mistakes yesterday, maybe if the defense doesn't give up 48 points – maybe he has an opportunity to bounce back from those mistakes. Maybe. I mean, we were at, think about the game we were asking for from him in order to beat the Packers yesterday. He would have needed zero interceptions, obviously. Uh-huh. He would have needed to throw for probably, what, 550 yards and five or six touchdowns to overcome the 48 points they scored. That was a systemic failure on behalf of the Dallas Cowboys. They were awful everywhere. The head coach was awful the defense was awful, the offense didn't show up early, and they weren't able to do enough late because the hole was too big to dig out of. They failed everywhere. That's why you know the head coach has to go. They weren't ready for a playoff game. How are you not ready for a playoff game? The idea that Matt LaFleur came in there and he had this strategy in which he said, look, if we have the opportunity to get the ball to start the game, we're taking the ball. Never mind the fact that Jordan loves in his first year as a starter and has never played in the in the postseason. Never mind the fact that the Packers have the youngest wide receiving unit in the entire NFL. Never mind that the defense isn't really all that great. Forget about all of it. We're taking the ball on the road because Dallas plays better at home because they score a lot more points at home and because they score a lot more points in the first half at home. So we're going to take the ball and we're going to try to flip the script and grab some momentum. And they go on a seven-and-a-half-minute drive and score a touchdown to start the yeah. game. You knew right there McCarthy was in way over his head, that he was not prepared for that game, that the other coach had a strategy and had immediately hoodwinked the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, who apparently just rolled out of bed and decided to show up because that's what they thought would be good enough to beat the Packers yesterday. Well, when it comes to the strategy of how the Cowboys are going to handle the head coach, It's been pretty clear all along, as Adam Schefter reminded us this morning, ESPN's NFL Insider, on Get Up. Everybody wants to see what Jerry Jones ultimately decides, and I don't think he was ready and prepared to have to make this decision today. So he has to process all the information. But as you said there, Greeny, and as I've been told all year long, Mike McCarthy always was going to be judged by how Dallas's last game of the season ended. Well... The last game of the season ended yesterday. It didn't work out well for Mike McCarthy. It didn't work out well for Dak Prescott. It didn't work out well for defensive coordinator Dan Quinn, who's a candidate for other head coaching jobs. So everybody associated with Dallas yesterday was tarred in one way or another. 
Catastrophic, though, for Mike McCarthy. Because if you are being judged on your final game, your team was, once again, I can't use this word enough, unprepared and embarrassed. Embarrassed after a third consecutive 12-win season. Embarrassed after, once again, not even getting anywhere near uh, the NFC Championship game, let alone Divisional Weekend next week. And just looked like you had no answers to try to stop the bleeding at any point. That all points to one thing, and that's replacing the head coach. I mean, look at the body language on the sideline. Every time they showed him, he's just kind of staring aimlessly at the tablet. He's not rallying anybody. There were no leaders rallying anybody on the sideline. There was no look of a leader on that sideline. You're right. Mike McCarthy just looks like a guy hanging out. Yeah, they're they're not a resilient team. They have shown this for years. You you can't be – you can't lack resiliency and win championships. This is something – I've got two young boys – And there's only a few things you can try to get across to young children. But you want to develop them a certain way. You want to give them an opportunity. You want to hope that you can give them the tools they need so that when they grow up, they're able to handle certain situations, that they can be good, productive human beings. And one of the things my wife and I try to preach is how do we we mold them into resilient human beings? How do we mold them into individuals who, when they're faced with adversity, they don't crumble? That when they're faced with adversity, they don't blame other people. That when they lose, they don't make excuses. How do they forge ahead? Because that's important in life. And that Cowboy team, there's no resiliency. You saw them in the Niner game early in the season. Niners punch them in the mouth, and and the Cowboys just quit. You saw it yesterday. The Packers punch them in the mouth. Everyone's body language was miserable. The quarterback and C.D. Lamb are, like, arguing with each other. No one has any idea what the hell was going on between those two. But they're not on the same page. They're arguing with each other. The coach isn't rallying anyone. The Arizona game earlier in the year, they're just a team that when you pop them, they quit. They're easy. They're easy to push around. And it's just, that's the biggest thing. The coach has got to go because he hasn't instilled any resiliency. And you're not winning a Super Bowl without resiliency. Daddy's message ain't getting through to them. That's for sure. It's not getting through in my household either. I just introduced the older one to Tecmo Bowl, and he gets to win quite a few of them because I know how to design ways to throw interceptions to him. But yesterday it wasn't working, and the end of the game happened, and I ended up winning, and it was a meltdown in the household. So we had to have a speech about resiliency, but... It, it didn't really land. So you, you took. You were trying to take a dive. I was trying, trying to, to take build a dive up the late. confidence. Yeah, what I like to do is grab a. I like to keep it tight and then grab a lead late and then put him in a spot where he has to figure out how to win the game late in the fourth quarter. So he learns how to stay calm and composed in a tight spot. And it didn't work yesterday because he wasn't figuring out how to throw to the open receiver. I wasn't trying to pick it off. He was just making that mistake. And then ultimately, at the end, when I set him up for a comeback, he threw a pick, and then there was a complete meltdown. And then, of course, the wife. What, you can't let him win? I was like, he's won seven straight. I got to beat him sometimes. Yeah. Uh, If you ever need somebody to come over and and beat him into submission on Tecmo Bowl, let Uncle Chris stop by. Oh, that's you? Yeah. No, it's no mercy for any kid. We learn, <laughs> we learn, this is why I don't have children. We learn lessons the hard way. That's what we do. Carla versus Joey, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Let's see if Jerry learned his message, a lesson the hard way with how he handles Mike McCarthy here. One NFL franchise just continues to torment the rest of the league by how easy they make it look. When you're trying to find quality candidates, all the searching, screening, and interviewing can become a job itself. You need, indeed, the all-in-one platform that makes it easy to interview, screen, and hire quality people. Visit Indeed.com 
slash credit. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. I think Dallas getting the number two seed, I expect them to be in the NFC Championship game. I'm having trouble seeing how the Green Bay Packers are going to remotely stop the Cowboys. How are they ever going to stop the Cowboys offensively? It doesn't feel remotely feasible. The little team that could take out the Cowboys, 48-32, and move on to the divisional round of the NFC playoffs. Well, here's how defensively an average team all year was made to look amazing yesterday by the Dallas Cowboys. And yeah, Jordan Love got it done, too. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Hey, don't forget to tune into NBA action later today. It's Hawks hosting the Spurs, presented by Indeed. Coverage begins 3 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Joe, I mean, quite simply, the Packers are just you know, well, they're getting it done. By the way, that happens to be brought to you by Granger. <laughs> Not enough O's and smooth. Look, I-, I can't get over how well Jordan Love has played down the stretch of this season. And it, it is staggering to think that this organization could be covered at quarterback between three guys for close to the span of 50 years if this is what Jordan Love is going to be. The the big picture version of this is, yes, exactly that. Favre to Rodgers to Jordan Love, how do they do it? But what people should really be focused on, don't attach so much to, like, Brett Favre because that was so long ago. Attach to the fact that, hey, an organization 
spent some money and some time and some assets on the most important position in all of sports. They were patient. They developed them. They didn't throw them to the wolves. And they're actually getting favorable results. Can can it be? Can it be that we don't need to draft a kid first overall or eighth overall or in the start of the second round and immediately force him out there and immediately put pressure on him to go win the division and to go win a Super Bowl within the first three years or he's a bust? Like what C.J. Stroud is doing, that's the outlier. Teams get caught up and they look at that and they say, that's what we need. They see Patrick Mahomes shredding the opposition saying, that's what we need. Yeah, everybody would like to have Patrick Mahomes as their starting quarterback. Everyone would like to hit right away on a kid like C.J. Stroud. That's the outlier. That's the exception. That's not the rule. It's not the end of the world to draft a kid, have some patience, build them up, maybe sit him for a year or so, and then ease him into the hot tub. The Packers did that with Rodgers. It worked. They did it with love. It seems to be working. I don't understand why we're in such a rush, but that's the nature of the business. The teams that give their their personnel people, their coaches, their staff, the teams that give them time to work things out tend to get good results. Yeah, yeah. And think about that for a second. I think a lot of it has been built around the idea of having to win while you have a guy on a rookie contract yeah a rookie quarterback contract because then you can go out and add the other pieces around him no no the good organizations are the ones when they draft a quarterback high or someone you know in the first couple of rounds that they feel really really good about they feel really good about them for 20 years they're not thinking about trying to win tomorrow let the cap people figure it out let them yeah. figure it out, okay? That's why you hire them and pay them to have. big money. It's like, oh, my God, we got this great quarterback. How do we make it work with the cap? Who cares? Go go run the numbers, buddy. Like, figure it out. The Rams figured it out. The Rams were seemingly leveraged to the hill and won a Super Bowl. Like, go figure it out. That's what you hire them for. You basically just you, the way the tone of the way you said that was here. Go dork. Go yeah. crunch the numbers for me. Nerds. I'm giving you the talent. Yeah, nerds. nerds. That's what you're here for. <laughs> like, go crunch the spreadsheet. Get me an Excel spreadsheet. Color code it and send it over. <laughs> now it's obviously easier said than done, but the idea of of the big problem being, oh, we're just spending so much on the quarterback. Was the quarterback good? Yeah, he's actually pretty awesome. Then who cares? Go figure out the rest. Have the personnel people draft some young guys who are cost-effective that you can put in there, sign some free agents, coach them up. If everybody does their job, in the words of Bill Belichick, guess what? Maybe you can get some favorable results. That's the biggest malpractice with the Chargers. They've got the quarterback, and they can't figure out how to do anything else. Yeah. Uh, Honestly, they they are just – so well situated for the future the the Green Bay Packers are. When you look around the league right now, are the Packers the team that is set up for success better than anybody else long term? When you look at the mentioning they're an incredibly young team and they're at this position already and they're gonna have flexibility to work with, you know, and it's not just about Jordan Love still being on that first contract, because he's going to get paid pretty soon. I think that the, the the Packers are in a very good situation. They have a good head coach. They have a very good quarterback right now, it looks like. They've got a young roster. They should be able to make some moves. Are they set up best? Probably not. I mean, the Niners, if Brock Purdy's going to be the guy, 
they're going to have him cost-controlled for another couple years, which is going to give them the ability to continue spending or at least manage the spending that they've done on guys like Bosa, Trent Williams, uh, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk's deal, I believe, is coming up, George Kittle, all that stuff. So they're probably set up a little bit better, but the Packers have put themselves in a great situation moving forward. And this year was all just gravy. This was supposed to be the developmental year. They weren't supposed to go to the playoffs and win a playoff game. I mean, for crying out loud, you make it look easy when you're Green Bay. Some of these other franchises, like, that's why no one has any any empathy or sympathy for the Chargers. Like, when the Packers do what they're doing and the Texans do what they're doing, the rest of us look at the Chargers, we see a franchise quarterback, plenty of other talent, and a team that never does anything. Five playoff wins in the entire era of Drew Brees to Phillip Rivers to Justin Herbert. Five playoff wins. Houston just got 20% of that this weekend. Green Bay just got 20% of that this weekend. Like, what the hell are franchises like that doing? That's why you don't need to feel bad for them. That's why you don't have to hope that they get it right. Because for every Texans, there's always going to be a Chargers. That's why you're not competing against 31 teams for a Super Bowl. You're competing against like 9 or 10 every year. Yeah, because the other ones are just inept and can't get out of their own way in so many ways. And (laughs) I almost feel this way thinking about that Cowboy game yesterday. I have always been a big believer in when people show you who they are, or in this case, when organizations show you who they are, believe them. Believe them. Don't just assume that they're going to change because how rare is it that people individually or organizations that fail consistently change? It's so rare. It's nice to see what's going on in Detroit right now. I'm not 100% convinced that the Lions are set up for really long-term success yet. But that and that's still to be determined if they can go on and they can do something from here. But Joe, like it does not happen when the Cowboys go out and lose a horrible playoff game, why wouldn't I have thought that that was coming? When that is all I have seen for the last 30 years. I mean, do the Lions have the exact same amount of playoff wins over the last three years as the Cowboys do? Over the last three years, they do. Yeah, same thing. And think about where they both were three years ago. Cowboys won 12 games each of the last three years. Three seasons ago, Dan Campbell was taking over and that team stunk. But each year, they've gotten a little bit better. They've built something because they have focus, they have identity, they have a goal, and they're working towards it. And they just continue to get a little bit better each year. Dallas is just treading water each year, hoping that somebody else will take out the big bad teams so that they can slide in there. It's never going to work. Super Wild Card Weekend continues tonight with one coach who might be coaching for his job. With supplies and solutions for every industry, Granger has the right product for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Joe Buck joins us next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Find the top products and quantities you need when you need them. Lowe's Knows Pros. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. 
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The NFC South champion Bucks host Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. This game is going to be on the road in Tampa. Combined with the way the Philadelphia Eagles have looked, I would not be shocked at all if they lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa the last two weeks was awful. They got killed by the Saints. They should have lost to Carolina. They haven't played great, but the Bucks found a way to win enough. Philly's getting a lot of support financially in the market right now. Super Wild Card Weekend, Eagles, Bucks, Monday Night Football, Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. All our coverage begins tonight on ESPN, ESPN2, ABC, ESPN Plus, with NFL Countdown at 6 p.m. Eastern. Joe Buck will be calling the game tonight alongside Troy Aikman on ESPN and ABC, and he joins us right now. Joe, it's Chris Carlin on ESPN Radio. We appreciate the time, and let's just uh, start with your conversations the last couple of days with the Eagles. Give me a sense of uh, where you think they are just mentally based on the last time you saw them a few weeks back uh, against the Seahawks when they were in the midst of starting to struggle a bit. Yeah, um, it, it's we've talked to a lot of different people, obviously, from Nick Sirianni, who is, I think, as optimistic as any head, maybe maybe as optimistic as anybody this side of Pete Carroll, uh, and a guy who believes that his team will rebound. Talk to Jalen Hurts, um, who is not sure at all how he's going to play with the dislocated middle finger. He's going to try a glove for the first time, but when you talk to those who watched him in practice on Friday, they were blown away. They thought he spun the ball great. He was in pain. We talked to Brian Johnson, his offensive coordinator. He believes that, you know, for all that Jalen's saying right now, once they kick it off and he gets rolling in the game, it's not going to be a problem. But Jalen is not shy to say that he has no idea how this is going to feel. And then talking to different people around and on their staff, uh, they saw a really spirited end of the week. And I know some people that, that were a little unsure at the start of the week, uh, people's, people whose opinion I really value and trust. By the end of the week, they, they thought this looked like the old Eagles team and they were going to come down here to Tampa Bay and play great. So I, I think you can make a strong case for either team winning this game, and that's what makes it so fun going in. Yeah, it does feel like so many people are ready to write the Eagles off after everything that's happened. Yet you've got their tremendous playoff experience uh, over the last several years. You've got guys like Jason Kelsey and Brandon Graham who have certainly been there and done that. So where is – do you think the confidence level with Philadelphia – you talked about the optimism of Nick Sirianni. The confidence level is there right now. Maybe they're trying to get it back here. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that part of it. Um, but yeah. you're right. I think, you know, in, in where we are in, in today's NFL and you pick up 
you know, the news every day and this coach is on the hot seat and this coach is safe. And then five seconds later, they're on the hot seat. You know, these storylines and the overall feel for individuals and teams can change in minutes. So I think it's imperative for Philly to get off. If we're just taking the Philly side for them to get off to a good start. I I think if they get down coming off back-to-back losses to teams that were out of it, uh, meaning the Cardinals and the Giants, uh, I, I think you know that they, it could go real bad real fast. But if they get out of the gate well, and Jalen looks like Jalen, uh, I think they can ride that. And like you said, they have experience. They have guys that have been there and done it. Uh, who's to say they can't get hot? And who's to say they can't ride that offensive line and start running the ball? Swift got a week off last week. You know, who's to say they can't? win four games. I, I, I'm not going to say that. So uh, I, I think there's a lot on the line tonight. Everybody knows it. And after I'm sure a, a little nervous beginning to the game, we'll settle in and we'll see if Baker, who's had a career year, can continue that. And if Todd Bowles has answers for what the Eagles can do offensively. Joe Buck, he'll be calling the game tonight, Bucks and Eagles, ESPN, ABC, and of course ESPN plus Joe, um, you had the Bucks and Cowboys in this exact game last year. How different is the feel for Tampa, if at all, uh, beyond when Tom Brady's gone versus now when you have Baker Mayfield, as you said, has had a terrific year? I thought Todd Bowles said it best. You know, it's it hasn't been as pretty as it was with Tom Brady, and that's not a knock. I mean, you know, everything he does has got kind of a prettier feel to it compared to Baker, but it's been a little grittier and a little tougher, and, you know, Baker hurt his ribs two weeks ago. He hurt his ankle last week, and he's fired up to go out there. Um, I think he's a really good leader. I mean, Brady's in his own category. We, yeah. we can just – we all know that. But I, I think I think Baker's really settled in. I think he wants to be here. Um, when you talk to guys on their defense, Baker's been a leader for them, even even the defensive side of the ball, which is pretty rare that the quarterback walks over to that side of the locker room. So I, I think they believe in him. I know he believes in him. And, and I, I think it, it feels different. It doesn't, you know, last year they came in against a really good Cowboys team. They were eight and nine. They won the division, but it just didn't have the same feel that it had the two previous seasons. And, and it played out on the field and, and they got thumped. I, I do not see that as a possibility here in 2023-24, I, I, just, I just don't. I, I think they're defensively, I, I think they've been able to patch it together, and uh, I think they come in really confident. I do. I, I think this could be a really good game. All right, Joe, you saw the Cowboys a couple of times this year, including the whole mess with the officials a couple of weeks ago against the Lions. What surprised you the most with what we saw yesterday in Dallas? The defense. Um, I, I, that's, that's my easy answer. I, I just, you know, we're, we're sitting around as a group watching it and to see the cameras pick up Romeo Dobbs and then Luke Musgrave multiple times with nobody within like 15 yards of them. I, I just, I've never seen that. And for a defense that has all pros on it and has Micah Parsons. And I mean, that, that defense, that was as bad a defensive showing for a good defense, as I think I've seen in, you know, fill in the number of years. It's been a long time 
since a team underperformed like I saw them defensively. Yes, Dak was not great. And yes, you know, he, he looked uh he looked a little deer in headlights at times and I, I think oh, they got they got run over. And and I think it's easy for all of us to take the Dallas side of it. But I look at the Green Bay side of it, a team that moved on from, from Aaron Rodgers, a team that, that, you know, had this bet on Jordan Love Brian Gutekunst, the the GM, has got to be doing handsprings. After trading up to get this guy, Jordan Love, he sits there for three years, and then he has his first year as a starter, his first playoff game, and he goes into Dallas and dominates. I mean, that that to me is the story of that game. As bad as Dallas was, I I think it's it's a real testament to how good LaFleur coached and, and how great this kid played at quarterback. Joe, awesome stuff. Have a great call tonight. We appreciate a few minutes. All right, Chris. See ya. Yep. Joe Buck, of course, will have the call tonight. Bucks, Eagles, as Super Wild Card Weekend concludes this evening on ESPN, on ABC, and on ESPN+. Plus. You got an NFL countdown at 6 p.m., and we just had Joe. You got, of course, uh, Bruce Arians and Ray Lewis. They're going to be popping up on the Manning cast. And then we got the Steelers and the Bills later on this afternoon as well. This is a weird Monday, but it's an awesome Monday with everything going on with NFL playoffs. Even though we got pushed back from a Sunday yesterday, I'm locked in later on this afternoon. Meanwhile, we do have a little bit of breaking news in the NFL. Garland versus Joe. Breaking news. You may not have known this, but today was the final day for underclassmen to declare for the NFL draft. And someone notable had not declared until today. And that was USC quarterback Caleb Williams. He will be entering the NFL draft. That is according to ESPN's Pete Thamel. Um, He is, as we know, the favorite to be the number one pick. And what's so fascinating about this is whether or not Caleb Williams was trying to make the Bears sweat it out a little bit and trying to get a true feel for what the Bears were thinking about long-term with Justin Fields. Joe mentioned this last week as a possibility, and truthfully, it hadn't even struck me. Could the Bears actually be trying to hire Cliff Kingsbury to be their next offensive coordinator? And then, obviously, you have him with, uh, with Caleb Williams. You know, there had been the thought about Lincoln Riley. It's hard to hire Lincoln Riley away from USC now after a season that was not all that good. But now Caleb Williams is in place to be the number one overall pick. Does he pull an Eli Manning here over the course of the next couple of months and says, I am not playing for the Chicago Bears since they have ruined so many quarterbacks? Mm. I'll tell you what, very interesting to watch as he is declared for the draft. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Carlin versus Joe. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Okay, a couple player props for you this afternoon and evening. Let's go in chronological order. Bills tight end Dawson Knox. We're going to go under 15 and a half receiving yards. That's his exact average for the season, 15 and a half. But you have to remember that average includes plenty of games played either indoors or in very nice weather. They don't have that today in Buffalo, so keep that in mind. He's had just eight targets and eight receptions over his last five games, so his role has been reduced, and that's because the Bills have become a more run-heavy team since their Week 13 bye. In addition, as we go to the late game, Kenneth Gainwell, Eagles running back over one-and-a-half receptions. No A.J. Brown, Jalen Hurts battling an injured finger on his throwing hand, so more targets have become available because of the Brown injury. And with the Hurts injury to his finger, checking down might be more, shall we say, appealing to him tonight in terms of an efficiency standpoint. Tampa Bay allowing four and a half receptions per game to opposing running backs. Two final pizza monies of the evening. Dawson Knox under 15 and a half receiving yards. Kenneth Gainwell over one and a half receptions. It's a team, man. It's a team. One guy can't do it. It takes all of us. ESPN Radio's Pick'em Challenge. The champs are here. The champs are here. We here. Yep. Right here. This is where the champs are. Regular season champs, again, want to remind you that we won the regular season ESPN Radio Pick'em Challenge. And in the postseason, Joseph, we are off to an excellent start at 3-1 and one through the weekend so far. Your thoughts? I wouldn't use the word excellent. I think at this point we should be just winning every single game we pick. 3-1 uh, and one is an embarrassment. We should have been 4-0. and oh. Okay, we're off to a subpar start at three and one, and uh, we did have a four zero show over the weekend. Good for them, Amber and Ian. Yeah, nice. Like scoring the opening touchdown in a game when you're going to end up losing by ten anyway. Amber fading her Dolphins. Very interesting. Yes, I I feel like that. You know, whoever else is involved in that had to do some convincing there. <laughs> the we, old Wilson can't lose play. Exactly. So. Uh, we did pick this game the other day, but we're going to do it to remind you because it obviously got moved back. Steelers at Bills. Joseph, uh, as we examined this game on Friday, uh, I think that both of us felt like the number is awfully big. I was okay going with the Bills if that's what we thought. Has any of your thought process changed since we took the Steelers plus 10 on Friday? Not that we're going to change our pick. But just any of your thought changed at all after the delay, everything? A little bit. A little bit, strictly because we no longer have the 25-mile-an-hour winds blowing from side to side. And what I mean by that is rather than going north-south on the field, the length of the field, going width-wise, that affects field goals in a very dramatic fashion, and it affects the downfield passing game as well. So I would say now that we've taken that out of the equation, I think that favors Josh Allen and the Bills' passing attack a little bit more. It has not swung me to the other side by any stretch of the imagination, but we do see the total creeping up. It was around 34 and a half. 
Now that the game was moved, it's up to 38 and a half. So covering 10, not as challenging. But if we're still on Pittsburgh plus 10, I'm okay with that. Well, I mean, listen, I, 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 I'm like right down the middle on it. I hate to be that way, but I think we should stick with what our initial instinct was. That's, that's my feeling. Don't also, go away from what you first thought. I agree with that, and I'd also throw this out there as well. I don't think we're allowed to change because this game will start before Amber and Ian have an opportunity to come on the air. So right. if they wanted to change, they wouldn't even be allowed to. Well, sorry. We're the champs, and that's the way it works. <laughs> I, Tough I figure that's where you're going. <laughs> Absolutely. No. We don't follow the rules. We make the rules. Couldn't care less about anybody else. It's, nope. This is about us. This is our world. You're just squirrels trying to get a nut. <laughs> Eagles and Buccaneers. We did not pick this game the other day because it is obviously the Monday night game, and that's what we get to with the Eagles and the Buccaneers. Joseph, what are we thinking right now with the Eagles and the Buccaneers? So let's start with the line. Are we getting the full three here if we want Tampa Bay? Wilner, Handman, have you checked in with Liam? We need the official sportsbook line here on this one. We've got Eagles minus three. three. It is a three. Okay, my feeling on this is Tampa Bay plus three. Number one, we do see the market moving a little bit to two and a half moving off the key number of three. That is very, very interesting to me, okay? It means Tampa Bay money's coming in on game day, and I don't think that's public money necessarily. No A.J. Brown, Jalen Hurts banged up, Eagle offense a bit of a mess, Tampa Bay, Breaker Mayfield is banged up in this game as well. So the under's a strong play, but I would go ahead and venture to say that I would lean more towards Tampa Bay. Philly has just been a disaster, especially defensively. They haven't covered a spread in six weeks. They're 1-5 in five over the last six games. I believe their last seven games are giving up 31 points per game. I lean to Tampa Bay here. And by the way, I'm going to throw this out there. That's hmm. an official pizza money play as well. Even if the show, if you swing me to Philadelphia, if you like it, pizza money official play Tampa Bay plus three. I don't. I don't like it. And, you know, there are some times where, where so many people are leaning in one direction, and I feel like publicly a lot of people feel like this Eagles disaster is not going to end well tonight, um, which makes me, of course, want to go the opposite way and think that somehow they're going to get it together. But A.J. Brown's out. And I, I look at Nick Sirianni, and I just see a guy that is absolutely lost in trying to figure out what the problems are with his team. And he has basically admitted that. If I knew the problems, we would have fixed it already. Okay, Nick, that really inspires a lot of confidence in right. me. And it's not just about fighting and being tough guys and all that crap. No, the Eagles have had the wheels fall off this wagon in a big way. I fully expect the Buccaneers to win this game tonight, and I can't believe that I am saying that. If you had asked me four weeks ago that I was going to make this selection, I would have told you you were out of your ever-loving mind. Nick Sirianni has coached four playoff games so far in his career. The first one was a wild-card game at Tampa against Tom Brady. The Buccaneers had him overmatched in that game, and the Buccaneers blew him out, so he lost that game. The following season was the year they went to the Super Bowl. They had a home matchup against the Giants where they had every possible advantage, and they took advantage of that. Then they hosted the Niners, and they Mm -hmm. played Christian McCaffrey and Josh Johnson at quarterback. Then they went to the Super Bowl against the Chiefs, and they ended up losing that game outright. And I believe they were favorites in that game. I ended up playing Kansas City. It was a tight spread regardless. So he's he's never really shown us that he's going to coach up. Right? The right. games he's won, he was supposed to win. The games he's lost, he was pretty much supposed to lose. He, he never feels like a difference maker in the game. Right. Yeah. Right. It doesn't feel like his coaching is going to be the difference in any of these games. And 
we may have seen that yesterday on Sunday. <laughs> Just throwing it out there. May have seen that a little bit in the Dallas game, oh, which is why we might want to consider it here. <laughs> All right. So we are on the Buccaneers plus three, and we are on the Steelers plus 10, which was our original pick. We're not changing anything so nobody can complain. We want to make sure that the playing field is as level as can be or at least not hear from anybody else having a problem with us at all because, once again, we're the champs. We don't care about your rules, but we'll follow them if it's going to make you feel better. <laughs> we know that Amber and Ian went 4-0, so congratulations to them. Did anyone have a particularly awful weekend? It feels like making fun of Greenberg was quite pleasurable this season. Evan, uh, you have the full rundown on how everybody went this weekend. What do we got? I was sick. Okay. okay. Thanks for filling okay. us in. Appreciate that. <laughs> well, you asked if anybody had an awful weekend. I had a terrible weekend. <laughs> I was sick on wild card weekend. I take it you're feeling better now, though, right? I am. Back okay, and good. better than ever. What were you battling? A little stomach bug? What'd you have going on there? So my wife had like a sinus infection that I think she gave me, but I'm smart. And like when I start to get sick, I just kind of shut it down where she tries to battle through it. And so I was able to recover in about two days where she's still going on like three weeks of this thing. Sinus infection is the type of thing that uh, you can pass on to somebody. guess so. Uh, apparently, and so what we Never just heard that. from, so what we just heard from Evan was, if there's a sniffle, good night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Evan just walking around testing himself for COVID all day, just constantly taking tests just to see where he's at. <laughs> all right, those are the selections in the ESPN Radio Pickup Challenge: Steelers plus ten and the Buccaneers plus three for some Monday playoff action. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Carlin vs. Joe weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app. The Carlin vs. Joe podcast.